The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity Online Radio. Are you seeking more energy and ready to have more healings and revealings in your life? Then you've tuned into the right program. For the next hour, listen in as Reverend Temple Hayes, Senior Minister of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, shares with you tools you can use to transform your life. She will guide you on a journey to create a life that is intentional and dynamic. Now, here's your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And hello, everyone, and thank you, as always, for taking the time to participate in our Leading Edge programs, which are about the intentional spirit, seeing and being, and different ways of looking at life, life's values, and the principles of how we walk in these modern times as an energetic spirit. You know, so many of us have a story that we were able to take some of our um, adversarial experiences and transform them into a deeper way of being, a greater way of living, and a just a depth about our messages because we are people that have had the experiences. I'm fortunate today to have on our show um, a wonderful individual, William White Cloud. He is a shaman. He is an author. He has a new book, The Last Shaman. Welcome to our show. I'm so glad that you're here, William. Thanks so much for having me, Reverend Temple. Thrilled to be on your show. Well, tell our audience a little bit about you um, in that did you just uh, start out in life knowing always what you wanted to do with your destiny or did you go through processes in your life that shaped and developed you to where you are now? I'm sure I knew uh, when, when, when I was born, I knew what, what, what my destiny was, but I quickly forgot it, you see. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, like the rest of us. I love that Neil Young song where he sings, um, by, by the time I had learned how to speak, I'd already forgotten what I came here to say. <laughs> um, I love that. I, I, That's awesome. Uh, and and it is. And uh, it's, it's profoundly true of, of all of us, I think. Um, so for, for myself, I, I uh, didn't just know my path from the beginning and um, create it from, from word go. I actually came to it through a, a, a really uh, horrific healing crisis. I don't want to be a drama queen, but it was. I had a, a 10-year illness that consumed uh, you know, most of my 20s and early 30s. And the, the, the unique thing about my illness... And also what was really actually terrible about it and, and frightening about it um, as a person who experienced was that no one uh, could diagnose it. No one knew what was wrong with me and, and couldn't tell. And I, I went all over the world searching for the diagnosis. Uh, and, and there was, you know, I saw professors at universities, every kind of clinical practitioner you can imagine, and was probed and tested in every kind of way. And I saw every type of complementary healthcare practitioner and, and alternative healer. Nobody knew what was wrong with me. And, and so I descended from at first feeling just like a, a mild flu-like symptom down on, onto my deathbed where I was just skin and bones and sores and lost my mind and everything. Um, wow. And, you know, I mean, I, I knew I was going because I was getting deathbed counseling. And I, I remember just... The, the, the first time it happened, there was a little old lady at the foot of my bed 
persuading me to go to the light and stop hanging on. And I remember going, uh, you know, this this is not good. This is not where I wanted to reach in my life um, at such a young age. And, you know, so right at the end, on, on a day where I just had a little bit of energy, enough energy to actually go outside, I met a, a young man who was a fitness trainer of all things. And he was a strapping young lad and really fit-looking, robust, healthy man. And we, we got talking, and, and because of my condition, obviously the conversation very quickly turned to my health. And he astounded me by saying that he knew what was wrong with me, and not only that what was wrong with me, but that he, had, he maintained he had suffered the exact same condition as me. And when he recounted to me his experience, you know, the condition that he had suffered, I could relate to it so powerfully. It was the first time, in fact, in 10 years that I could relate to anyone because no one could understand what was going on for me. And yet here was someone who um, wasn't only appreciating me saying what had gone on, they were telling me, uh, myself, what had gone on for myself. And there was no doubt in my mind that he had actually had what I had. And uh, amazingly as well, he, he told me that he had cured himself and he had the cure, and that he could, uh, if he could give me the cure and if the prescription, and if I followed it, uh, I, I would get well in no time at all. So uh, I was very, um, <clears throat> you know, excited by this, as a, or as excited as I could be in my condition, and, until he told me the prescription, which was to begin eating red meat and uh, to to start eating red meat again, and to drink some white wine with my meals, and to have some coffees every day, and also to smoke a few cigarettes every day. So then my enthusiasm dropped immediately. I was, I was very confronted by it because you can imagine anyone listening now, I think we all rationally know that these substances aren't really the best for us. Um, and, you know, I mean, all, all the, the healers and doctors that had attended to me and, and tried to help me, None of them knew what was wrong with me, but I can guarantee you every one of them would have agreed unanimously that this, what this guy was saying was, was absolute mumbo-jumbo. And, and not only that, in, in, in my case and in my condition was a, was a prescription for suicide because all of those substances had been removed from my diet and, and, and intake and uh, were, were totally no-go zones for me. I was just living on you know, the, the freshest vegetables and, and, and dietary supplements, vitamins and Chinese herbs, etc. But, but anyway, you know, to cut a long story short, I just went, you know, what the hell in the end? I just went, what the hell? And, and I did. I began eating meat and, and drinking wine and smoking cigarettes and, and coffee, and I was quite enjoying it after uh, 10 years of abstinence. And I got better really very quickly. I, I bounced back to health not over months or years or something, but within days my, my faculties began being restored to me. It took me months for my weight to, to regain and, and the sores on my body to heal, but, but my memory came back, the tension headaches went, my energy came back, uh, you know, all, all, all the symptoms went away very quickly, and it was like a, a miracle, uh, literally a miracle. And, and as the person experiencing it, uh, having had this 10 years of suffering and hopelessness and Terror really in my life to to suddenly be be fixed and in in such a remarkable way had a very profound effect on me and and the funny thing is about it temple is that uh, you know it, it just never occurred to me that there was any efficacy in the substances that there was any healing properties in the substances I just it, it just never occurred to me I just never believed that but mm -hmm. what did impress on me was that that somehow the power was within me to affect what happened to me in my life and, and my health and just, just anything because for 10 years I'd just been so focused on being ill um, and, and, you know, had such a preoccupation on, on being sick that I just got more and more and more ill. It's, it's kind of like I, I realized I'd, I must have talked myself into it uh, in somehow. And, and when I took the attention off that and just went, well, you know, what the hell, let me just live it up here for a while and uh, let go, uh, I, you know, an entirely different experience rushed in. Um, and so 
I, I, I realized or, or I suspected very strongly that there must be some way in which our focus creates our reality, although I didn't have that language for it then, but I had that idea. And, and you know, talking about living intentionally, I, I, I made the intention, a very clear intention, that I wanted to find out more about this inkling of an idea that I had, this premise or principle that my focus created my reality. I wanted to find out the truth about it, how it worked, and how I could use it to create my heaven on earth instead of my hell on earth. And uh, so very quickly, the teachings and the teachers uh, were attracted to me. I mean, o overnight, and, and I would say that I have learned a lot in, in the last 20 years since then. Um, but in terms of the fundamentals and the basics, I, I've not learned any more in 20 years than I did learn in those first two months after making that intention, basically. And, and so I, I learned very quickly about the, the, the principle and the basics of how your focus creates your reality. I've been refining it over 20 years. But um, so the, the, the surprising thing for me was, though, that, that what that led to then was, was, a, was a life's purpose of supporting others in understanding this principle and, and then um, furthering it through... Uh, beyond people that I can just talk to and teach in person, but but through the medium of of writing as well. You know, I can only imagine what you must have felt because you know um, you identify so much with with the word magic and with that vibration of magic, and and like like so many people, those of us that were born healers, uh, there's nothing more frustrating sometimes than not feeling that you're able to heal yourself. You know, what in that era of time and then coming out on the other side, do you feel that out of that and out of your health, you became then a more significant believer in magic? Did it deepen your philosophy? Well, I never, I never had a philosophy of magic uh, mm -hmm. be, before that. You see, I, 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 I was brought up in a, in a colonial environment in, in Africa, and it was a very um, repressive and, and narrow-minded um, worldview that we colonials had and, and were subject to, that, well, that I was subject to. Um, you know, there was, there was no sense that, there was no spiritual sense about us. There was, there was no sense... Of, of magic or, or, you know, that there's, there's any animating force within us that's capable of, um, you know, expressing any kind of creativity. It was just like we were all out there in the colonies um, just to serve the function of colonial uh, development. And, you know, it was like at the last end of imperialism and we were there as imperialistic functionaries. And, you know... The, the, the sense I was given anyway, and I just speak for myself, was that, you know, I was just some kind of carcass with, with some grey matter that, that, you know, was just computing the, the, the best way to live. and had no sense that there was any spirit within myself or outside myself that could uh, come in and carry me and, and support me in, in any way. And, you know, so life was just... A, a, the sense of life to me, and, and I know because I, I've shared this with many people that I grew up with, the sense of life was that, you know, there's, we didn't, we didn't know, we, we didn't have any power of us within ourselves. Um, and, you know, we had to learn everything from outside of ourselves. And, and the best that we could do, the best, the best way to function in life was, to, to learn from outside of ourselves what, what the rules about every, every facet of life was, what, what were the rules that apply to it, and then the person who could learn the rules the best and, and apply the rules the best um, would cope most successfully in life. And, and, but, you know, so then uh, when I had this healing crisis, and particularly the recovery, that led me to realize that there was something in me you see that, that there was some force, that there was some, well, actually a super force, a superpower within me that um, could respond to direction and then come in and um, 
lend its energy and 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 create whatever it it was directed to create and and that's why the whole theme of intentionality is is very important to me and that's why um it it kind of gives me a thrill to be on your show when I when I heard the title of it you know the, the whole theme of intentionality because I, I now realize that there's this force within me that is that is creating and if it's either being directed by my unconscious uh you know thoughts and and preoccupations and and you know creating in in line with that or um it can it can be directed by my my conscious my my self-conscious um self in and in, in creating um what what I would what matter what really matters to me and the kind of life that that I would love to live and uh, the world uh, that that I would love to live in and in that um space of in intentionality that it's so true isn't it what we what we focus on grows and what we put an effort and an energy to and an awareness and a sense of awakening and that's the beauty of it that we talk about often I mean, once you have an epiphany or you have an awakening there's really not a lot to do about that you know it's already done <laughs> but it's the waking up part you know and that's exactly what you had was such a, a level of awakening that created a life path of being an intentional spirit and that's something too for myself I discovered many years ago it, it takes as much energy to be a success as it does to be a failure after you have to Absolutely. you actually kind of have to work hard at failing repetitively <laughs> at the same things over and over again you know without applying a lot of uh, creativity you know there's a, a drudgery there's a, a dread to that that whole process. I'm talking today with William Whitecloud, and you can go to his website, williamwhitecloud.com. He has a couple of books, The Magician's Way, and now one out called The Last Shaman. And you can read all about him on his, on the website. I want to thank so many of you for spreading the word about this show, The Intentional Spirit. We get more and more listeners every week, and we appreciate you sharing with your friends on social media. A special uh, thank you to all of you who donate to Unity Online Radio because it allows us to be in around 137 countries now and to reach people all over the world. We'll be right back following this short break. It takes you to power Unity Online Radio. If you'd like to make a positive difference in the world, you can by contributing to this global ministry. Unity Online Radio relies on listener support to broadcast the messages of unity to an awakening world. To contribute, visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. to be? It's a question we all ponder from time to time. Reverend Kelly Isola, host of Spiraling Consciousness, and her co-authors have crafted a guidebook that will take you on a profound journey. If you long for love, peace, and joy, or yearn for commitment, passion, calm, or clarity, this book teaches you that you already have all of these within you. Whatever you long to experience outside of you is an aspect of you wanting to be birthed. Who have you come here to be? 101 Possibilities for Contemplation is part daily reader, part spiritual practicum. Drenched in gorgeous imagery, each powerful page invites readers to dance, to leap, to sit still, to stand tall as they ponder the question... 
Who have I come here to be? Join the journey of self-discovery. Come explore the world within an infinite field of possibilities to discover who have you come here to be. To order your copy of Who Have I Come Here to Be? 101 Possibilities for Contemplation, go to www.whohaveyoucomeheretobe.com. That's www.whohaveyoucomeheretobe.com. Celebrated Unity Minister and author Eric Butterworth tells us, The exciting thing is that wherever you may be along the way of unfoldment and self-realization, no matter what the problems or challenges you may face, there is always more in you, the mystery of God in you, the Christ in you, which means your potential for healing, for overcoming, for prosperity. There is no limit. Join us each week for Discovering Eric Butterworth, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Central Time with host Rev. Tom Thorpe. Right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for listening to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes. If you have a question or comment about today's discussion, you can email us at the intentional spirit at unityonlineradio.org. Now, here is your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome, everyone, as you've been part of this show, or if you're just coming on, I'm talking today with William White Cloud, who his book, The Magician's Way, is the number one best-selling metaphysical book in Australia. William, that's quite an accomplishment, you know, because um, so many people in Australia are very enlightened and kind of savvy and, and know what is going on in the metaphysical world. So congratulations for that um, achievement. Oh, uh, thank is- you. And <laughs> <laughs> that, thank you very much for the compliment. And uh it is, it is quite an achievement for me because, you see, uh, I, I didn't complete my education. I, I grew up in a circumstance where my father and a succession of teachers used to ridicule my intellectual capacity. So out of shame, I, I shied away from schooling and, and, in fact, even finished early. And, and so when I came to write, I had no clue as to how to how to go about it i hadn't been trained in 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 writing and um wasn't well read in any way and uh just generally you know just didn't know where to start basically but what what i did have going for me was what i'd learned about uh my own creative spirit and my, my own ability to uh create through the power of intention and so I put my intention techniques into practice, and so this book then flowed out of me, which felt like it wasn't even coming through me. I was just a conduit for it. And uh, then it turned out to be this best-selling book, and and it's the same thing that happened with my new book, The The Last Shaman. Even though I'd written a best-selling book, when I came to write the next book, I felt like the uneducated bumpkin I've always been and always felt I was, but, you know, just, just put these techniques into practice, and uh, the next book uh, came out of me. So there is, there is, there is a real magic within us and, and a real magical capability, I would call it, uh, that, that, that we really do have this power if we just know um, a few simple uh, techniques to, to bring it forth. Well, you know, I um, have been part of a metaphysical community in one form or another for um, about 34 years and as a spiritual leader for 23 of those. And one of the things that comes up so often, because in principles of unity or new thought across the board, we truly know parts about change your thinking, change your life, change your energy and your life change. I mean, that's everyday conversation for each and every one of us. But often uh, people will ask me, you know, and I'm sure they ask you this 
the same is that I have this vision board. I've, I've done treasure mapping. I've done, um, you know, kind of meditative processes. I focus on various outcomes in my life and I don't feel anything is happening. Uh, what would your guidance in that be, uh, in the way of magic and in the way of co-creating in, in your world? It's, it's a very, it's a very, Temple, it's a very pertinent question because I travel the world. I speak to thousands of people and I've been on hundreds of radio shows and with a lot of talk back and, and people ask me just what you're asking me now or, or tell me what you're telling me now is the, 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 you know, the, the reports I get are that people, it's, it's very rare that, you know, so many people know that your focus creates your reality and that you can, Whatever you envision will, uh, you know, become your reality. Will be attracted into your life, and and so there's this perplexity that so few people actually have success with that principle. Where for for many they're still stuck. Nothing happens, or for some it happens sometimes and not others. And and worst of all, for some people they report that it, life just gets worse when they try and practice it. So it's like, well, we, we you know we we better to give our will away. And the thing is, it's just that so many, you know, through the popular um, dissemination of ideas like the secret and the law of attraction, this idea has gone out, and, and people are very familiar with it, that what you focus on, you will attract. But people are focused on it on a, on a, and have been taught it on a very shallow level because the the first assumption is that well you know if if i'm thinking about something it's it's going to be attracted into my life if i want something and i then imagine that well then that's what's going to come into my life but what people don't pre- appreciate is that your consciousness is like an iceberg and like an iceberg they say only 10% or so or less even sticks out of the water the less is the, 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 the most of an iceberg, the, the vast majority of an iceberg lies beneath the water, uh, waterline, and so <clears throat> the surface. And so it is like that with our consciousness, that our self-conscious waking reality, uh, sorry, consciousness, is, is a, a very is a small and shallow part of our consciousness. And the part of us that manifests, that attracts whatever it is that uh, it attracts into our life, is driven by our focus. But it's it's got the whole of our consciousness to refer to, not just our self-conscious. So that when we, for instance, uh, just to give a simplistic example, if we go, well, I, I see a bucket of money, I want a bucket of money, and, and that's what I see in my mind, and that's what I want, how come that isn't being attracted to me? What we're not appreciating, or what, what people who aren't having success with this principle aren't appreciating, is that... There's a there's a sponsoring thought behind the, the self-conscious thought. There's something that's promoting that thought. There's something that's promoting that want, that desire. And so it's what what are the motivations? What are the underlying motivations that make us want and, and go for whatever we want? Now, the thing is about that is that in many cases, especially to inexperienced people, people don't know better, their motivations often will be very egoic, and by that I mean will be driven by their identity, their sense of themselves, their, 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 their sense of self that feels incomplete, that, that feels limited. Um, and, and so uh, that we, we, we'll have a lot of underlying insecurities that we will want to shore up by having a whole lot of things in our lives. And so... All we see is the self-conscious desire. We don't see what, what the underlying uh, motivation for that is. But, the, but our subconscious or our imagination, whatever you want to term the part of you that, that attracts, that is the attractor factor in your consciousness, that part of you is looking at your overall consciousness and, and seeing as well where things are arising from, seeing where the power is. And... Uh, if, if you are trying to overcome some insecurity, uh, some limitation, some sense of incompleteness, that part of you, that, that subconscious part of you is going to, to see, well, that's where the power is, and it's going to take its cue from there. So it's actually going to be manifesting more of that 
in, in, in your life rather than what you think you're uh, focused on. So a skill of, 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 of intentionality, of, of being a conscious creator, of being the predominant creative force in your life is the ability to kind of step back and, and see what's going on in your, in, in, in your consciousness, in seeing what your underlying assumptions and, and beliefs are and, and seeing you know, where, where, you, where you're currently holding the power in your consciousness and then having the ability through that self-awareness uh, to see what it is that really matters to you, what, that, that, that you really love, and, and to, put your, to, to put the power in and put your focus and energy and intention into you know, what, 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 really matter, what, what, what you really love and what you'd really love to manifest in your life. Whereas so many people, even though they say they're focusing on what they want, their languaging, their, their conversations, their vibration is still toting this reference of what they don't want. Is that another part of the layer of the onion that you're talking about? Well, it, it, exactly. It's, it's what we call a, you know, a, ne- a negative vision. It's, it's deciding what you want based on what you want to get away from. There you go. And, That's very well yeah, said. Right. Deciding what you want based upon what you want to get away from. Okay, that's exactly. a very good way of putting it, yes. I mean, I should have said that right at the beginning. I could have saved a lot of words, you see, is that people, you know, and they can say they're not, but but really if you analyze people's choice-making, um, they're very much, because I do a lot of it. I mean, I, I've worked with thousands of people intimately with, over long periods of time. And one of the things I've helped many, many people with all, from you know, every walk of life and all over the world, what I've helped them with is, is their, their choices. So for, formulating what it is that they want to go from. And, and, you know, the most intelligent, most sophisticated, most spiritual people will, will still so easily and unconsciously actually fall into the trap of having negative vision, negative motivation. And so in other words, what they're going for is to get away from what they don't want. And, and the, 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 the critical thing in intentionality, I believe, um, because it's, otherwise it's unintentionality, it's unconscious. The critical thing with intentionality, with, with, with uh, making choices, is that you've got to step out of, you, well, you've got to be, to do it, you have to actually be conscious of what it is you are driven to get away from in your life. And then you've got to have the, the, the will and the ability to put that aside, not buy into that, and ask yourself, Separate from that, aside from that, if there was nothing for you to get away from, if everything was all right in your life, if you had everything every, anyway, if you were complete, what is it that would matter to you? What would you care about? What would you lend your energy? And then put it in, you know, put, 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 your, put your energy into that. Make your choices um, from, from that motivation. Now, I also see, William, that you do various workshops. Do you do most of them in California, or do you travel across the globe? Um, You're offering different programs that are experiential and retreat, where you actually get to work with people for long periods of time. And I think that's another part of the value that it it must be, you know, like I tell people on, on Sunday morning, um, you know, coming in on a Sunday is fun. It's uh, provocative. You know, we celebrate. We celebrate our lives. We celebrate our creator and all of those things. And it's not to discount that. But the real growth comes from taking these ideas out into the world and applying them and doing experiential things and um, do, doing classwork. And, and asking yourself questions that aren't always comfortable and those kind of things in order to make those changes. So back to that idea, do you offer these conferences in California? Do you uh, wait for people to sign up in a particular area? How does that work? Well, I, I actually have... Um, I actually work on four continents now. I was very 
restricted to Australia for a long time, but I've come out of my shell and I, I am actually now uh, am working in, in London and, and England and, and Europe and South Africa and Africa and now the United States and always um, in, in Australia. But I am based in California and actually just this week I've got some very powerful uh, evening events coming up that if anyone wants to check them out on, online on my website, um, on uh, williamwhitecloud.com events slash information nights, they really are a, a very powerful insight into the what I, what I call the, 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 the secrets of natural success, which is like magic, is like living your life in such a way that success flows through um, every area of your life. And, uh, you know, I... I, I Agree with what you're saying there, Temple. Is you see the thing. The thing is, is that naturally, left to our own devices, what what happens with with in, in in human nature? The default tendency is that we develop beliefs. Those beliefs create reality, and then they reinforce the beliefs. And <clears throat> we actually have to learn and practice our our, our way out of that negative spiral. Um, where we, you know, we can learn, like, this is like what I did, was, was I learned something about my creative nature and how my creative nature works, and then I put that into practice. And then I got results from that, which were great, and, and then encouraged me to learn more, which I then put in practice. And, and so... By learning and then practicing and getting positive results, it encourages more learning, which encourages more practice, which encourage, which which creates more positive results. And so you end up on on a instead of a downward spiral almost in your life, you end up in an upward spiral where you you learn and and you practice your way out of your egoic mode of operation, out of your identity, out of out of the, the the reality of your beliefs into the reality of your imagination and what it is that you love and what it is that matters to you. So um, <clears throat> you know, it, it's like you're saying Sundays is is is, is a day for um, it, you know, metaphorically speaking, anyway, it's a day for learning, and the other six days a week are for practicing. And uh, yes, I, I I very much don't only talk about this. I mean, I I, I do have um, classes where uh, trainings basically where these principles are conveyed in, in very practical demonstrations where people can really learn how to apply these principles, have have confidence in them, and then you know have be motivated to to apply it in the world, get real world results, which then encourages uh, a, a growth path for for the rest of your life, basically. Mm-hmm. It's so crucial, you know, for to have that experiential learning that it's coming out of the head into a place that you can actually demonstrate it in your lives. I love the work that that you're doing, and it's just um, really neat to see the impact that you're making. And of course, I have such a love for for shamanism. We're going to talk a little bit more about that when we come back after our break. I want to remind everyone about uh, William White Cloud uh, going on his website, exploring the various things that he offers. Uh, He also writes a blog. There are many ways always that you can get various types of knowledge. He also offers courses and audio classes. So, Um, exciting stuff all the way around. I'm Temple Hayes. I'd love you to sign up for my blog at templehayes.blog. Go to the website templehayes.org or unitycampus.org. We love having you as part of our extension of our community. We have people that are watching us online from all over the world. We'll be right back. Thank you. Need support interrupting unhealthy patterns and building practices that support your potential? Visit www.servicetoself.com to join one of Freeman Michael's excellent online coaching programs. Again, that's www 
www.servicetoself.com. Overcoming unhealthy patterns and becoming the you that you were born to be. Are you ready for the next steps on your spiritual path? If you are, you won't want to miss the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien from the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California. Essential insights and practices from the ancient yoga science of self-realization show us how to live healthier, happier, more balanced lives. The benefits of spiritually conscious living start now. For a time-tested method to live with purpose and realize your infinite potential, tune in to The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien, every Thursday morning at 10 Central, 8 a.m. Pacific, only on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. We now return to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being, with your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. So we're totally immersed in this conversation of of magic, of miracles, of creating your life and realizing the value as a co-creator, of being a full intentional participant. I'm talking today with William Whitecloud. He is the author of two books, The Magician's Way and also The Last Shaman. William, how did you get involved in, in shamanism on your journey? Sorry, I was just rescuing my tortoise. Something outside here has overturned it. Oh. <laughs> Good for you. You saved a living creature today. We're all over that. I did. I did. I, I've never, that's never happened before. But uh, how did I get involved in shamanism? Well, you see, I think that uh, I'm, I'm not really a shaman myself. Uh, I, I've written a book called The Last Shaman, which is, which is a metaphor. Um, and basically, if you, if you think about shamans, what, what they were traditionally, the, the traditional healers of traditional tribes, and what they were responsible for, basically they were responsible for uh, divining wisdom and uh, healing their, their society, basically. And, and so this is a very great metaphor for what it is to live intentionally, basically, because if we if we mean to be the predominant creative force in our own lives and and live intentionally and and make a great contribution to ourselves and at the same time the society that we're a part of and and, and indeed even the environment we're a part of, then we have to really awaken and and wake up and take our power back and you know we we have to become um, we have to become. The, the the diviners of our own wisdom. We we all have wisdom within us, and and we have to claim that. And and to claim that, in a sense, we 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 have to heal ourselves. And the thing is, you see, when when people when when I when I can talk about healing, you can, I can see people's eyes glazing over as if there's some kind of inner child work they're going to have to do for three years or something. And that, but but the the, the fact is of the fact of the matter is, temple is that it, you know. In every moment, we have to heal ourselves. In every day of our lives, we have to heal ourselves. If, if we're going to be conscious, powerful, intentional uh, people, that, that mm-hmm. we have the potential to be. Because the, the way we normally operate is, is through the filters of our perception. Our, our mode of awareness is, is very, uh, favors our ego because we... Um, kind of see things filtered. We see everything filtered through through our thoughts and our feelings, which we take for granted. Which we which we assume are just you know what's going on, which which is which is just reality, you know, just just factual reality. But it isn't. It's it's tempered with our beliefs, with our limited understandings of life, our, our, our limiting our limiting understandings of life, and and so for us to be powerful, we actually need to 
question and, and see through what it is we're telling ourselves at times and, and, and in any moment and, and see through that to, to higher possibilities. To be, to, to the definition of creativity, I believe, is to make connections that otherwise aren't made, that haven't been made before. So, so to make new connections and, and see new possibilities, find new pathways to, to better and higher ways of being. And, and so in, in that sense, there's this, this healing, this, this moment-by-moment daily healing where whenever we rise above our egoic perception and see life for what it really is or perhaps more accurately for what it really uh, could be and, and act towards that. And, and so, you know, uh, in, in that sense, the, the whole metaphor of shamanism is, is very appropriate, even though it was just a tale I used um, as a vehicle to, uh, you know, describe and, and actually teach the, the techniques of, of living one's life guided by intuition you know, having used that metaphor, I find it is it is just so incredibly uh, relevant, basically. Mm. You know, what I found so fascinating in the Aborigines people is that way previous or prior to any kind of communication that in all the tribes, their practices and their rituals were almost identical. And I know that you feel so strongly about the concepts you're talking about with, with intuition. And I find it fascinating sometimes how we know this. You know, we will either learn in life through trial and error uh, and or we'll also learn by just listening to ourselves and learning yeah, how yeah. to listen to that that instinctive side of our being that if we can just take a moment and and ask ourselves, you know, do I want to call so-and-so? You know, and being able to trust that when you get a no instead of getting all hooked by it, you know. Yeah. Or do I, people get so quick to say, well, you know, somebody called me and, you know, offered me a bit, you know, this particular offer. And the question is more, well, is it something you're interested in, you know, but people get so hooked by the fact that they got the call, you know, instead of really going, is this for me? And I have found, you know, through the years that that is just so crucial because when I don't listen to myself, it's like, oh my gosh, you know, <laughs> I can still have some experiences from it, but, um, I, I always, uh, come out better on the other end when I've just listened to the no's and honored them or listened to the yeses and pursued them. Yeah, I mean, the, you there, Temple? Yes, uh-huh. Sorry, I, I thought that was a sickening feeling that we dropped out, but uh, we, we, we're here. The thing, the thing is, you see, is that uh, intuition really is uh, an important mode of awareness that, that we have to, to operate with. And unfortunately, what what can happen is that for, for most people, and this was me as well, is that you, you hear the term intuition and you go, oh, yes, you think of some gut feeling that you have every now and then randomly uh, or some sixth sense that, you know, you, you, you knew someone was going to call and they called and isn't that an amazing thing? And, you know, you just experience it now and then. And as I say, in, in, in random ways, but actually it's there to serve you functionally in everything you go about in every moment of your life. And it's, it's, a, it's a really powerful mode of awareness because normally the mode of awareness that we're in is the egoic perception. And like I was saying before, our thoughts and feelings. And why, are, why are we by default in this tendency is because I think there's a fundamental misconception that we have about the meaning of life and you know what life means and, and how we go about it. And most typically, I, I know this didn't only apply to me, I, I, I know that this applies to the vast majority of people on planet Earth, is that we assume the meaning of our life or what, what life is about is that we're faced with a bunch of circumstances, problems, uh, situations, and that what, what we have to do, what, what's up to us, um, is is to navigate our way through these circumstances, these problems, situations, is to cope with them, is to, to fix them. And 
So the thing that we feel like, well, how, how do you cope, how do you fix things in life, is you understand them. You have to have all the knowledge that pertains to it. You've got to, you've got to uh, work it out and, and, you know, work your way through this uh, complex maze called life. And so we have a very uh, strong relationship with, with life that is about working it out, that's about understanding it. And uh, people are continually uh, trying to understand everything. That's why people love facts and figures and statistics. And the thing about that, though, is that it is a valid side of us and a, a, a valid skill to have, our, our rational faculties. But as Einstein said, is, is they, they're actually meant to complement intuition, whereas they've, you know, they've, been, they've overtaken and become the main game. And the problem with that, as I was saying, Temple, is that when we work, try and understand and work life out, it's a rational function. And the problem with deferring to our rational, the rational side of ourselves is it's also the part of us that formed our belief systems, our, our limiting belief systems. So anytime we refer to our rational side of ourselves, what it projects to us also is very much our beliefs rather than the relevance of, the true relevance of any situation that is in now and in this moment. So that we just see what we've always seen in the past, we're just limited to what we've always been limited to in the past, and we don't have the ability to make fresh connections, see new possibilities, um, see, see things for what they are actually in this moment beyond uh, our, our former definitions and assumptions. And so a, a vital skill also of, of creativity and intentionality is to be able to suspend that, uh, you know, that tension, that strong tension and desire to always have to know what everything is about and understand it and work it out and, and to be vulnerable and not need to know in, in any moment is, is this, this principle of surrender, to, to, to be surrendered and, and not be so full of knowing and, and knowledge and, and let go of that and soften our focus. And it's when we do that that we enter into the territory of our intuition, the, in, the territory of our genius, I put it to you, that place from which we do then see, uh, you know, that we do make the, the, the connections that are there to be made, see the possibilities of, that are there for us and, and, the, and the true directions for us to take, as you said, to call or not to call or, or whatever it is. And, you know, it can sound very simple, and, and that's the whole beauty of it is. It is very simple. And when we put these simple you know, principles into practice, uh, we find that we, we, we start living very large. We start living from our greatness. We start living a very uh, powerful and, and empowered life. And it's, it's what you said right at the beginning of the show, I believe, which is that it takes as much energy to be successful as it does to be a failure, but I think it actually takes a lot more energy to be a failure. It takes a lot more energy to be working everything out for such limited results when we can just let go of it and then, you know, just be guided, have a, have a higher knowing occur to us and, and go with that. I mean, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. It truly is. And, and, and once you step into that, it's like you first and foremost, you know, won't really, you'll always trust yourself first and foremost in your inner guidance before you'll trust all the comments of others. And I always find that fascinating, you know, when I'm talking to somebody and they'll say, oh yeah, I've been asking so-and-so how to do this and that. And I go, well, do they have a proven track record in that? You know, I mean, you're following guidance based upon people that aren't necessarily proving it, you know, or that are accomplished in a certain field. It's been really wonderful and enriching today to talk to uh, William White Clouds, who is the author of The Magician's Way and also The Last Shaman. I will make mention again, his website is williamwhitecloud.com. You've been listening to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being. 
and how often if we just reframe an idea, a thought, or a purpose in our lives, it comes back to us a hundredfold in another rich and endearing way. Thank you so much, William, for being on our show. It's wonderful to meet you and to connect with you, and I want to thank you for spending your time with us this day. Oh, thank you, uh, Reverend Temple. It's a fabulous meeting you, and, and always great to have these powerful con- uh, you know, conversations. And, uh, you know, it's, it's very easy to have a conversation like this when, when the focus is there, and to be on a show called The Intentional Spirit, well, <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm a pig in mud here, you see. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so great to have you and um, much success. And we'll look forward to speaking with you again sometime along the way of life's journey. Much success to you and your family. Thank you. Uh, thanks so much. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning into The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes. Join us every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central for tools and simple applications which will support you from being alive to fully living. This program is brought to you in part by First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida. To learn more about this ministry, go to www.unitycampus.org or www.templehays.org. Are you ready for deeper spiritual breakthroughs? Have you wondered how to apply spiritual principles to your everyday life in practical ways? Do you feel your soul is calling you to deeper purposes? Join Rev. Galen McDowell live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Central for Truth Transforms, a discussion on how God within you, as you, is the power to transform your life. If you really believe that consciousness determines your experiences and that you are an individualized expression of God, join us as we help awaken and transform the consciousness of humanity. We will discuss, through lecture, live interviews and call-in questions, spiritual healing, prayer, prosperity, forgiveness, new thought views about eternal life, and much more. The world is waiting for your truth transformation, only on Unity Online Radio. Inspiration only takes a moment. Consider these inspirational thoughts from the quest for prayer from Unity House Books. Holding a special, loving thought for other people benefits us as much as it benefits them. In fact, in some ways, even more so. Consider, for example, what happens when you wash your car with a hose. What gets clean first? The inside of the hose, of course because the water must rush through the hose before it can clean the car. So it is when we hold loving thoughts for someone. As those loving thoughts rush through us, they bless us first. It is a win-win situation. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. If I were brave, I'd walk the where fools and dreamers dare to tread and never lose faith. How is life working for you? Would it be okay with you if life got easier, simpler, yet more meaningful and vibrant? Join certified life coach Carla McClellan Tuesday afternoons for Vibrant Living. Each week, Coach Carla and her guests will share strategies and solutions designed to make your life more vibrant. Is there something in your life you'd like help with? A dream you'd like to achieve? A relationship you'd like to improve? Call into the show toll-free for Coaching with Carla. That's Vibrant Living, Life Coaching with Carla, Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Central on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. to do what we secretly dream.
Since 1977, Omega Institute in New York's beautiful Hudson Valley has hosted some of the best spiritual teachers and social visionaries, sharing their messages of hope, healing, and transformation. On the Dropping In podcast, hosted by Emmy Award-winning producer Callie Alpert, you will enjoy in-depth interviews and conversations with people like Pema Chodron, Jack Kornfield, John Kabat-Zinn, and many others on the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Also, check out the video series on Spotify. 